Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. The performance rankings, you had to be there, the crappy quiz and a slight tangent. That's being a football hipster, isn't it? They can look kind of weird names. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's Thursday morning, it's OTB AM. Welcome to the show. We're here between now and 10 o'clock. As per usual, to my left this morning, I have the one and only, Galway's finest, Johnny Ward. Johnny, good morning. Uh, good morning. Good How morning. Haven't been on in a while. Good to be back. Too long, too long. And Colin Boogie is here, as, you, as per usual. Morning, Colin. Shane and Johnny, good morning. Galway Corkerman, and represented this morning, folks. How are you keeping? Okay. Very well. Um, very well. What a game of football last weekend. Gaelic uh, football, still amazing to watch I when did, it's good. I didn't even have to ask him mm-hmm. to bring it up. Oh, and he brings up Monaghan. Folks, if you want to talk, we mightn't. It could be one of the two games. Could be the other game. You were talking Derry about Derry and Fermanagh for a while was good. Mon- yeah, I was talking about Monaghan. If you want to talk about the next two hours, we can. But few people might get angry. The gumption to go for a goal there, like ah. you're just like, what are you thinking? Cajoles I mean, just lack of experience. Put the ball over the bar, like you know, keep you know, make it level, whatever. Scenes hashtag. But, scenes. Then, but then I would never have had that moment of like my my soul leaving my body in mm. happiness. And hugging random Monaghan people around me that I didn't know. It, might, it must be right up there with the annual like avoiding relegation on the last day kind of vibe. The usual. This team, yeah. this Monaghan team over the last fifteen years have given me so much happiness. Yeah, I, I should Look be so grateful to them. You know. Yeah. So it's it's an absolute buzz. So regardless of whether we win in All Ireland ever or not, they've given me some good days. That's lovely. So I'm going to take that. You know, you got to take that to the bank. Straight out of the Mayo kind of copybook there. Well, yeah. yeah. A, some people say it's a loser's attitude. I don't care. I've had I've had some serious days supporting Monaghan. Mm. That's that's what sports all about, isn't it? Well, if League of Ireland teams go into the Champions League or the Europa League or the Conference League, they've literally no chance to win it. That doesn't stop the enjoyment. Oh yeah, you no pick up chance. A point against a yeah. so-called heavyweight. Absolutely. I mean, you're laughing. Oh, to BM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. We've got loads coming up between now and uh, ten o'clock, as I said. Uh, Shane Curran and Michael Meehan will be with us from eight o'clock. The big one in the GA this weekend, of course, Ross Common and Galway. Plenty of hurt in action as well. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show with uh, Taggy Fogarty, who'll join us uh, around 8.50. Uh, Vinnie Perth at 8.20, talking League of Ireland. Uh, kind of semi-regular shot, uh, slot he's done with us now. Uh, Vinnie and plenty of interesting strands and talking points in the League of Ireland to get into with him. Uh, John Duggan will join us for the sports news around 8.45. As I said, Taggy around 8.50 for the hurling. And uh, Declan Lynch's, you had to be there uh, at 10, uh, 5 past 9. And his picks are brilliant. Uh, very niche. And very brilliant. So stick with us for that there. Also a sign of his age, you won't mind me saying, because he's gone back well, well, well into the 70s there. He's dug uh, deep. Yeah, he's dug deep. Um, yeah, it's actually... Colin sent me on the list last night. It was like, I'm actually looking forward to talking about these events that I wasn't at, just yeah. to see, because different perspective on, on old Ireland as well. It's going to be brilliant. Uh, we should touch on the back page of the Irish Independent this morning. Our good friend, Dan McDonnell, has a piece. Uh, Ferguson to resist right, United... It's which? Bit of a strike. Good friend. <laughs> Good friend. He's on the show. Like. Good friend. Yeah. Colleague. Would you want to go yeah. Acolyte. Acolyte, yeah, yeah. Subordinate. Exactly. <laughs> if you're watching Dan, Johnny loves you really. Um, Evan Ferguson is expected to commit his future to Brighton and turn down the opportunity, in the short term at least, to become the most expensive Irish footballer 
of all time. Manchester United reportedly waiting in the wings, uh, €40 million Euro plus in excess to instigate a discussion. And even then, there's no guarantee it will be entertained by Brighton, uh, is what Dan is writing today. Tottenham also keen on him being Harry Kane's long-term replacement. Uh, mentions that he's on the radar of Man City and Chelsea as well. But the Manchester United interest appears to be the, the, the strongest. Um, Darren Fletcher, who's a technical director, at United is known to be a fan of Evan Ferguson. Um, so unclear. Yeah, he's think. known to be a fan of Evan. Everyone's a fan of Evan Ferguson. Well, yes. Unless you know anything about anything, you're a fan of Evan. But Ferguson. we love talking. He's about known to be a fan of Evan Ferguson. I mean, like Evan Ferguson is an 18 year old footballer who's taken the world by storm in a team that's mid ranking, a decent mid ranking team. Yeah. Of course, of course. He, I mean, that's not even. He's known to be a fan of. Like, but that, we, that we like he, we like hearing that non Irish people are also. Yeah. You know, we're still quite about insecure it. about like are, yeah. uh, about Ireland in general. It's like we're still like you know there are times like new to the parish Ireland is great people are very friendly and it's like the top red story uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Irish fans are the best in the world yeah Evan yeah. Ferguson is great though he is fantastic <laughs> so Brighton Fields United in the FA Cup semi-final at Wembley uh, next weekend it's unclear if this ankle issue will clear up which? This weekend. This weekend Sorry, this yeah. weekend. Is it? Oh, yeah. So next weekend is. We've, I've had this is t- next weekend the following. I've, I've had this debate with you. It's, it's next this weekend. We- this weekend. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, well, oh, next yeah, weekend is the weekend upcoming for me. It's like this. No, the next no, one. No, no, it's no, the next one. No. It's like the next weekend. No, why, it's why would this be the weekend. one after? But well, why would you? This weekend, what, what, not this next we- weekend. What's this weekend then? Both the same thing. The, the both. No, I don't know. You can say next both. weekend is next sorry, week. Anyway, McDonald was going to that game. Sorry, and uh, like so, he was texting me on Saturday. Uh, Ferguson, like you know, really worried emoji. And I was thinking, this he must be out for six months. Not at all. He just Dan. Isn't that match exactly? So Dan's trip to watch the cup game. Was it was all about Ferguson, and to be fair, like it's first world problem. Oh, like, he's Ferguson, going to Wembley. Yes, he's going to Wembley. Grand, like yeah, just eating okay. caviar in the press box. Yeah. There we are. Sure, Dan will Dan find his way to make Lap it up. Well, uh, Dan's saying it's unclear if, if Ferguson will be fit to play Man United in the league yeah. on the 4th of May, let alone the this weekend. After. So, yeah, it did, like, a, a OTB Saturday now is just like, if, especially because the Brighton-Chelsea game was actually on, so it was like Ferguson watching. Oh. Anytime, he's even, anytime he sneezes, we're injured. Yeah. Or, can we're, can you both injured. remember uh, when he was really highly rated before he kicked the ball, uh, kicked the senior football? Was he? Did we talk about him like he was the next big thing? Yeah, See, I'm forgetting about it now because he has delivered, and we've well, seen so many Vinny, Vinny will definitely be a better verse to talk about that. Vinny's very good friends, his dad as well, and he was because when he was, he was. But you just can't put that much pressure on a 14 year old because most of the time it goes wrong, or a 15 year old, mm. and it predated him playing for Bowles against Chelsea at 14 mm. because he was so big. And we spoke to Keith Ward on our podcast this week, and he said. Ferguson could do the basics straight away and he said you can't underestimate that he could keep a ball trap it and pass it to the wing at 14 that's an interesting point Keith Tracy was on uh, last week and mm. he was saying that I think we were even saying it off air and he's definitely said it on air before it's like you'd be surprised the amount of top level footballers who can't do what you just said Johnny like real basic stuff like get the ball pass the ball keep the ball run mm. and like you say Ferguson does the basics really really well Tracy's world, world class ball. basics good football brain I'd say is the, is the so did Keith Tracy that that man could play ball. Yeah, yeah. Play, couldn't he? So I almost forget. Like uh, I actually uh, typed him in on YouTube when he was next to me to see if I could find any highlights, but I couldn't find anything of him. But so I do I'm remember playing, him being a, a fantastic player. So I'm playing for player. Pats. Like he was well overweight. He won't mind me admitting at the time in Europe um, against a decent team, and he was still running the show. He said it this last week. Yeah. He said he was in he was in Fat Club. Mm. Like he he did that. You had to be there last week. 
Wow. And it was it was very good now. You'd enjoy you would have enjoyed mm. that now. I mean you'd enjoy today's one as well. And look the other thing as well is that we had loads of talking points for this morning, all football like we've the WSL last night, Manchester United about to win the league, the Champions League. And this goes to show Ferguson's impact. We read this story and we're like put him up to the top. It's, it's it has to be like and we had Irish scores last night I should mention. Adam Ida scored for Norwich away in a one all draw at QPR and a couple of Irish scores for Preston as well, albeit they lost four two away to Swansea. Tom Cannon and Troy Parrott both in the score sheet. Yeah. Which is positive. I think Ryan Manning set up one of the goals and it does look like just reading during the week it does look like he is going to depart and um, Russell Martin just seems a massive fan of Ryan Manning and um, it'll be interesting to see if Stephen Kenny brings him back in or where he is in the iron setup. but the, 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 the Ferguson one for me Bowes are obviously just waiting and I presume St. Kevin's as well are waiting to see what happens here mm-hmm. because like potentially if, if I, my figures are right Bowes could be on the cusp of making about 10 million from an Evan Ferguson move because yeah. I think if, if you were saying call him the figure in dance piece was 40 million like does, he's worth yeah. far more than that I mean let's be honest like he's he's not even physically there yet um, and his performances considering his inexperience I'm not sure like is Evan Ferguson like, I don't like anyone comparing him to Erling Haaland because that's ridiculous <laughs> but he's worth a lot more than 40 million well Kian Rowe was messaged in on the YouTube and please keep the comments coming in on the show this morning he says resident Dubai listener lads morning Kian or what time is it in Dubai it's, they're ahead of us aren't they yeah it'd be about um, four hours it? heading for the early afternoon I suppose uh, in today's inflated market with a lack of old school number nines what does Ferguson sell for 80 million-ish is not tough to imagine it's it's funny he says old school. There's a lot of old school in him, but um, his touches like I, I actually would. I think I think um, from watching both of them this season, whatever I've seen, I think Ferguson's probably a better player outside the box than Haaland. I think his touches are actually better. Yeah, um, Haaland has pace that Ferguson probably would never have. That's the one thing. But but he's an old school number nine. But he's so much so much quality to his game. I think as well outside the box and really intelligent and makes makes. Makes runs that look simple but aren't, I think. The thing I got gathered from Evan when I interviewed him uh, at the end of last year was he, he has a confidence that just belies his age. He's like, it's almost like an arrogance. Still, the way in, in interviews, Erling Haaland definitely has an arrogance, mm. which, which he maybe need to be that good. Evan is, is just on the precipice of, of having that arrogance, uh, and you can sense that the more interviews he does and the more he plays first team football, he, that arrogance and confidence is going to be a, um, on the increase, and that's a good thing. You know, I want to be, I want to be hearing Evan Ferguson in interviews, being aggressive and, and arrogant and cocky. That he should be. He's a, he's, a, he's a number nine in the Premier League. That's not the Irish thing to do, though. It's not, well, that's the thing. No, it's not. But, but I, I, no one would blame him because he's a top talent. No, I, I think uh, his dad Barry seems to have, um, and his his mother, whose name I don't know. Uh, apologies, I only know Barry's name because obviously he played in the League of Ireland and that. A uh, good friend of Vinny's, but um, I think they've obviously done an amazing job. Um, they're a very sporting family, but. He's almost been raised. Sarah has the mother. Sarah. So Sarah and Barry have almost, I would say, raised Evan with a view to being a professional footballer. Mm. And they probably, at a very early age, said, most kids want to be a professional footballer. It's odds on that Evan will be good enough to at least play as a professional footballer at some level. Let's raise him accordingly and see what happens with the physique that he has. He has the pedigree to be a footballer from um, you know, his dad's background as well. And... He's probably almost been single-minded with that goal in mind, and he's just improved and improved and improved. And I think the tutelage that he had at Kevin's and Bowes, I think for Bowes to put him in a game against Chelsea at 14, I mean, if anything goes wrong there, there, it'll be all over like Joe Duffy, and it'll be like, why are you playing a 14-year-old? It'll be all over the papers, but they knew what they were doing with him. And so did Barry. Uh, A few more comments coming in. Uh, Did you check out the Eclipse, Shane? 
Pink Floyd had some live stream covering it while playing Dark Side in its entirety. Got up for it. See, the Total Solar Eclipse was the Australian outback got the best part. So I didn't quite make it. I'm actually going to go over to America. There's a mass, there's a Total Solar Eclipse coming across the United States in 2024. Going to go over and see it. Of course, cover your eyes, folks, and, and don't look directly at the sun. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a slight um, departure from Thinking the sport this morning. Georgie Kelly also scored for Rotherham last night. If he stays fit next season, he'll score a lot of goals. That's from Edward. That was actually Tuesday night. Two nights game. ago, yeah. yeah. A lot of our scores. Yeah, like, encouraging. Cannon as well seems to be really... Um, I haven't seen him play. It seems to be really creating waves. And I think... Um, I think Stephen Kenny will be very encouraged by the, those three guys scoring goals. They're all on the periphery of of the uh, of Evan Ferguson's position, oh, I yeah. suppose, at the moment. The uh, WSL you mentioned a column uh, last night: Manchester United beating Arsenal by a goal to nail Alessio Russo with a goal. Lovely assist as well from Nikita Paris. If you watch that goal back, she moves down the right hand flank and Good pull had back a bit, of, bit of composure to kind of pull the ball back and, and keep the the heads up football to. Uh, spot Russo in the middle. United now top of the WSL on forty four points from eighteen matches. Chelsea on forty points. Four points off them with uh, 16 games. So they have two games in hand, mm-hmm. Chelsea. Arsenal in third on 38 points from 17 games. Kind of looking like a United-Chelsea title battle. United never won the WSL, but top three finish in Champions League football for next season is probably um, number one priority. If they can win a league, that would be brilliant. Um, but a, a concerning injury for Leah Williamson as well. Big time, yeah. That's the, that's the big story of the last night. 12 minutes on the clock and England captain went down injured and straight away... Uh, gestured that it was something significant and Arsenal are having an injury crisis and like our own Kitty McCabe she was suspended last night but they have also other injuries like Kim Little and uh, Vivian Miedema um, and, like, yeah. and Beth Mead and like Williamson was only playing in midfield because of this injury crisis and now she's gone as well so Arsenal are kind of fast emerging as the kind of crisis story of the WSL whereas Manchester United are the, the team on the up and look like they're going to win the league and our own Aoife Mannion she played last night as well for United so yeah. that's another good Irish angle and also the other game last night Brighton beat Everton 3-2 Megan Connolly played the full game for Brighton and uh, Courtney Brasden in goal for Everton too so less than 100 days out for the World Cup concerning for England is that good news for Ireland? I suppose we're not in the same group I don't be begrudging them too much I think they have Haiti, Denmark and China in their group England um, but they yeah, might rally as a result that's the thing this is it but yeah. it's funny in the World Cup here you're like constantly watching Irish players in, in, in matches and going just mm. don't get injured Yeah, that's like as you say Evan Ferguson on a Saturday we almost get obsessed when we when we realise we have a talented bunch of players that we're like, please don't get injured. And people making point in the in the comments, um, you know, because he's a big man, Ferguson is, does that make him more prone to injury? I don't know, um, and but but what I do know is that we're watching Evan and we're watching all these Irish players in the WSL as as well ahead of the World Cup with a little bit of nervousness and tension. You can't enjoy it. Yeah, at the same time though, they can't play like that. No, of course like, they have to play like a Kenny training session and just like go heather and tongs, uh, hammer and tongs, and uh, yeah, we're probably. I don't think we need worry necessarily much about England in terms of um, England to be like just a little bit a, a step ahead of us at the moment. Oh yeah, for sure. That's what I mean things. about it. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a hundred days. Yeah, so like this will come upon us very quickly. Now. Oh yeah, a good deal uh, less. But like we are on McCabe watch, aren't we? Mm. For, the, for the whole. Yeah, I mean she recovered from that injury remarkably fast after the Bayern. Uh, collapse which like remember the concern the next morning <laughs> but like we'll take a suspension all day and as Emma Carroll said beforehand you wish she was suspended for a lot of the rest of the season so <laughs> she's uh, good to go for the World Cup but at the same time like like you said Johnny you kind of need match sharpness and match fitness and take the risk like take the risk of this injury oh, and play sure. high intensity football because you saw the the World Cup at the end of last year it actually benefited like the mm. games like that World Cup final you'd forget it's one of the great finals mm. in sporting history mm. and I feel like I really do strongly feel that because it was like a quarter of the way into the domestic season 
the mm. players were good to go. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely. Uh, it's certainly something we'll be keeping an eye on. Denise O'Sullivan, Emma Carroll points out for us. Denise O'Sullivan scored a screamer last night as well. So we're yeah, we're big time on Irish uh, player watch at the moment. Um, Champions League action last night. It's funny. Like ordinarily, if there was a Champions League quarterfinal second leg, we'd be straight trying to get to it at the top of the show. But it's just it hasn't really materialised the, the Champions League last year this year. Now I'm looking forward to the to the Man City Real Madrid game and, and the Milan derby and the other semi final as well. But it just feels like the quarterfinals. Maybe didn't light up the way we, we had hoped. Everyone was eyeing up this City Bayern game as gonna be a cracker, but four one in aggregate and quite comfortable last night for City. I, I think I think Frank Lampard getting the job, um I don't think it, it helps Chelsea's chance of turnaround. Like I don't think Real Madrid are actually really that good. Like they're really they're, they're no, but you can get at them. Like you can. I mean Man City if Man City don't win the Champions League now, Pep should nearly give up. Like this is they they've man they've Real Madrid to beat and Real Madrid have very good players, but they're still very reliant on two lads essentially in their mid to late thirties, like and they do cough up chances. Like Chelsea should have scored Two or three, really, on Tuesday night, mm. um, and Chelsea are no good at the moment. Like they, okay, they put in a, a good shift, but they, um, I think, if if they'd stayed loyal um, to the manager and just given him a bit of a chance, because they, they they weren't playing badly in Europe, and they gave themselves a chance at two 0 get the first goal. But Lampard, I don't think he's inspiring confidence in the players. Mm. Um, for me, I, I I I felt once they conceded, the game was over. They had no real confidence in front of goal. The game last night was kind of I think that was gone. Um, Sane, if Sane scores that, I thought the first, first half, half was very good. Yeah, if very, Sane very scores, good. I think Man City needed a Bayern goal. Like to it did, but Man City are probably still a little mentally brittle because they've had so many of these bad experiences yeah. in the Champions League. One nil would have made it interesting. Um, again, the the VAR and the penalties. I mean that. Sorry, that Bayern penalty decision is. Yeah, but the Man City one was nearly worse. Like, it's like that's just not a penalty. I mean, you can't like you're doing all you can not to handle the ball, and then like it's just a natural thing that his his hand half moves, and it's never a penalty. And it's anyway. And then is, I, I, is it just me, or is the the obsession with handball in mm. the penalty area a modern? Oh, it's taken off a modern thing because I don't remember if you want. Yeah, even bef- just before VAR came out, because like any time there's any uh, ball delivered, kind of midriff area. You get everyone claiming for a penalty if it hits the opposition anywhere in the body, right? And if you watch games back from 10 to 20 years ago, I don't think it was as prevalent. No, I could be wrong, like, but I feel like it's increasing by each season. It's, there is an absolute obsession mm. with handball. I, I, th- I think it's, it's one of the most stupid rules, honestly. In, if, you, if, if you're anyway playing in a position and trying to make a tackle, your hands are going to move. It's you should be allowed to pick the ball up. Is that what you're saying, Johnny? You should be allowed to handle the ball by not, when you don't intend to handle the ball. And well, I, I think the Liam Gallagher pause is the only way to get out of it. Like, like don't, don't put your hands out like that. Footballers are very good at deceiving, so they can make it look like they didn't If you use your hands... Well, Vinnie Perth might talk about this, because Dundalk were really cruelly denied in 2016 by when they played Leggy at home, it was 1-0 in Lansdowne Road, and this ridiculous penalty was given against Andy Boyle for his hands that were effectively behind his back, falling on the ground. Like, a terrible, terrible decision. And we, we, there's a lot of controversy with referees at the moment. You can't give handball. You don't understand the game if you don't realise that players, when they're moving and flailing to stop across, as you do, don't give a handball for that. And the, the handballs that were given, the handball that Haaland for that penalty, that is the most stupid, stupid yeah. penalty ever. But it was probably now a penalty in the rules. Well, of the there game. is. So you say uh, you don't owe the game if you're giving penalties like that. But the problem is there's a written rule for the handball, mm. so they mm. have to clarify it it's in stupid. the rules, it's right? Absolutely so stupid. last night, watching the replay of the Ilkay Gundogan shot that hits the Upamecano, right? And I'm thinking at the time, I was like, oh, that's on a penalty. Saw the replay. And what I was saying to myself out loud was like, oh, that's ridiculous. But it's a Ellipsis, but he had to give it. Yeah. Because it hit his arm. Yeah, but if the ref doesn't give it, that oh, oh yeah, but that, sure, that's, that was, not, that's, that's not last night's ref's fault. Yeah. So, like, the ref last night is like, I have to give this. 
because he's handed yeah. it. But the handball made absolutely no difference, really, to the trajectory of the shot. Mm. Like, the key, Sommer was going to save that Gundogan shot, like, unless it was a Tim Flowers-style howler from back in the day. <laughs> he was going to catch that ball. So hitting it in Meccano's arm didn't actually affect the outcome of the ball, which is really what a handball should be. If it affects the outcome of where it's going, but yeah. you can't write that down. No, because that's a, a that's a huge grey area. Handball should be if I if there was no intention of me <coughs> handing the ball, and I more or less did my best not to have my hands in an unnatural position. It's not a handball. That was the rule back in the day, and that was that was yeah. quite. You're talking about a split second from the ball being hit to hitting his hand, and then they showed in slow motion, and his hands vaguely move. Purely natural, and he's doing everything he can. He's doing everything he can not to handle the ball, and his hands purely naturally move a little bit. It hits his hand. That's never a penalty if, if you know anything about football. Yet it is a penalty. It is a penalty. Whichever, that's ridiculous. Whichever, whichever, how, whichever, how, how, how could you write that rule? How could you mm. concisely write the rule that you're the old rule was like? If there's no intention, it's not a handball. It's yeah, but how do you how do you uh, deem what intention is? It's, uh, that's up to the discretion of the referee. And hey, why don't we let the referees actually call the game? Johnny, uh, get, like off the the get off the fence. Get off the fence. The handball thing is just oh. ridi- it's so ridiculous. And Vinny, Vinny's, Vinny should be able to recall that because if Dundalk had gone into Warsaw 1-0 down, yeah. as they should have, they were 1-0 up with 10 men. One, that would have been 1-all with 20 minutes to go. Like That was one of the most stupid handballs. Remember Lee Carsley was against Turkey back in the day? Another one. It was like... Ah. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, like West Ham had an absolutely crucial win there the other week away to Fulham 1-0. Yeah. And the build-up was a handball by Soufal, mm. the right back. So that's like you arguably say David Moyes' job, you know those mm. little things. But for like for that instance, that for me was a clear handball and a free out to Fulham because his handball changed the direction of the ball, so it changed the play. And therefore, if his arm wasn't there, the ball would have continued behind. But your him. arm is there, like so. If you want to like tie people's hands behind their backs, but you can't handle like that, it. That's fine. You can't handle it. But your, your so arms are there. So if it if it affects where the ball is going, if it changes the direction of the ball, then it has to. Then be it has, that's you should be penalised for that. No. My my opinion about Upa Meccano last night was it made no difference. Mm. So I was like this, but he had to give it because his arm was out. Rules where it was if you didn't intend to handle the ball, it's not a handball. Simple as that. If the ball hammers me in the head, I didn't intend to be knocked out. Why do you? Why do you think they? Change the rules. I don't know. I mean, they have a lot of stupid rules now. I don't know. Like there had to be a reason for it because um, there was too many handballs that were not being penalised that were, that were affecting the, the results of the game. No, but if, if if the ref has the discretion, he actually kind of knew what he was doing there, and it's debatable. That's fine because ref, we're going to have debatable decisions. But you can't be handling the ball on the basis of a split second hitting his hand when he was trying not to handle it. Also, the frustrating thing he about was literally this trying is that not to handle the ball. The, the rules are so strict, right? That almost every top level game now, the big talking point the next day is a decision mm. or a non-decision. And you, it seems to me it's increasingly rare that you're talking about a tactical nuance in yeah. the game and you're really like, oh, this big decision that changed the game. Kick-based, so Open like. Meccano, a uh, straight red card that was ruled out for offsides. Mm. So that was delayed. By the so way, Open Meccano has forgotten how to play football over those two legs. Yeah. He just didn't have yeah. It was the Ireland game really, really is effective. Uh, yeah. Ferguson messed <laughs> and, and then that, so the handball decision is another one. And then should Bayern get a penalty, like you said, Johnny, at the end of Shearburn? Like, okay, that's another decision. So that's the big thing, the decisions. But really, we should talk about the back and forth in the first half. Sorry. Where Bayern really had a go, and we're destroying Man City in the flanks. We do have a couple of comments, backs, they couldn't deal with it. We have a couple of comments on the handball issue. 91 Devo says, agrees with you, Johnny. These wishy-washy handball calls are ruining the game. Both calls last night were a joke. Uh, Bobby Dwyer, and I kind of agree with Bobby here, he says, the referee has to ask himself, do I think the defender is deliberately trying to gain an advantage by handling the ball? There's always going to be subjectivity and ambiguity about it, which is 
fair Shane, that, uh, that straight jacket that for all players old, says Pete. that was the old rule it was like if you didn't intend to handle it it wasn't a handball and it was very very simple and 90% of the time there was no intention now you can't block a cross going like this right mm. but if you block a cross like this and you're trying to keep your hands it's not a handball and these things and then they showed in slow motion and it's like nothing happens in slow motion by the way it did not happen in slow motion now it, now it, technically it's a handball it's a stupid rule made up by people who don't understand the game like what they do they, they, like if you're leaving up to the discretion of the referee then you're basically like you're exposing the ref so they can get huge Wait, abuse right no, they, but you're that's, exposing, that's why, that's but they're doing it to, to they're, they're almost protecting the referees like this referees, is the rule just follow hey, that rule referees like making decisions that's why they became referees they didn't become referees to defer to VAR <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Referees like to make decisions. That's why they're doing their job. I and if they get it wrong, they get it wrong. I think they like to be seen to be consistent like, and fair. They like keeping fair. Rather than making decisions. But, but decisions will be subjective and that's why we're here talking about them. But not this stupid handball rule. I would say there's no I'd say there's no writing in the rules of football that it's up to the discretion of the referee anymore. Almost, mm. almost none. Mm. Uh, the subjectivity has to be outlawed in the new rules, I'd imagine. Aside from Especially the, if you live in a VAR world. Aside from the handball issue, right? Haaland takes the goal very well. He mi- ha- right by a collector's edition, by the way. Haaland missing a penalty. Yeah, because by the way, was it the first and thirteen? Was it? It took about four and a half minutes for the penalty to be taken, yeah. mm. and uh, Goretzka got away with some nice mm. shithousery by saying to the ref, "Oh, did you see that little object there?" It was like, "So why would he care about that?" Yeah. And the ref was like, "Oh yeah, cool, thanks for that, nice <laughs> one." What a move! What a move! Why were the first object? half? That, that's the thing, and I do wonder. Can Real just do them again and get at them mentally? Because City should win this game. Simple as they're better players. They have better. Um, they've Haaland, but I'm I'm still not sure. A man once told me I once interviewed a man called Captain Gene Cernan, who's a hero of mine. Last man to walk on the moon, back to space. I remember that? Yeah. Uh, literally have a quote of his tattoo. The don't moon me? belongs to America. It does. We're talking yeah. about uh, Jessica Harrington Moon later on, but we'll get to that uh, terrible segue. But moon with an e. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, essentially. This man told me he was trying to describe it, the fact that you know I, 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 people look at me differently because I walked on the moon, and this, but but they don't realise I bleed when I cut myself. I put my trousers on one leg at a time, and that's what I was thinking when Haaland blazed the penalty over last. And I was like, oh, you he, thought of the he's actually. I thought of that quote. I was like, he is actually human. Mm. Haaland bleeds when he cuts himself, just like us. He uh, puts his trousers on one leg at a time. Do you know he is actually not a robot. But forty-eight goals this season. Forty-eight goals. Channeling but but his, still, he uh, miss penalties. Channeling is Luke Davenport. Do you get mm. the reference? I don't get the reference. Please, just, please explain. Do you get the reference? No. Harchester United in Dream Team signed Luke Davenport, and I think he scored about fifteen goals in his first five games. Then his eye fell out, and he had to retire from football. And Haaland's the best thing since Davenport. I wow. think that is a grave reference point. Harchester United for the game that was in, on in Talca Park. Oh yeah, the same day. As Shamrock Rovers were playing bows in what is the biggest Irish, uh, certainly the biggest derby in the Republic of Ireland, and there were more at the Harchester game in Tolka than went to watch bows and Rovers, which was probably the nadir for the League of Ireland compared to the, if not utopia, um, the way it is now, which is certainly the best buzz it's been since I started supporting it. Mm. Someone says it took less than two minutes for Johnny Ward to mention League of Ireland. No, no that, that's the first mention, is it? Well, we have a League of Ireland slot this morning as well. If any person has mentioned them, deservedly so. Also, yeah. I'm just going to um, set this up for the Vinny chat. Please do. When Vinny comes in, but uh, we were talking pre show, and the word cool was used to describe the League of Ireland now. And so we had a bit of a debate about when exactly it became cool to support the League of Ireland. Some people thought it was quite a while ago, some people thought it was more recent. But it does feel like it is kind of the place to be increasingly and there is 
a nice association increasingly so in my opinion with the League of Ireland there is Jonathan Gabay was brought over why to, is that is the question I suppose why is that uh, a journalist rang me from this parish actually uh, to get a quote on that yesterday I don't really have the answer I think there are a myriad of issues but yeah. partly I think it is because it's not the Premier League it's not it's, we don't have like state owned teams beating each other do you think that's what it is that people uh, are becoming disillusioned with the um, we, we've come out of the pandemic in a great the four things I would say I don't are, think that's it I don't, I don't well, think I'd be interested how can I relate to how can I relate to Newcastle beating um, Manchester City yeah but if you're, well, what, if you're what, an Irish what, Newcastle fan in the 80s and 90s you're still a Newcastle fan what today. are your four mm. things there Johnny the four things for me are um, social media has been massive uh-huh. like the social media you're bombarded with League of Ireland stuff on social media every day now whether you like Brilliant, it or not yeah. if you're in that circle all for free I, I have a love relationship with social media but it's been amazing for the League of Ireland um, the underage teams coming in right so if you have 14s 15s 17s 19s that's about 100 people straight away who are now involved in the club they have boyfriends girlfriends they have parents they have friends that are in, necessarily now talking about the League of Ireland a lot of them are going to games you have the women's leg of it coming in which has become massive as well more or less a broader part of what I was saying Brexit and all these young players playing in it has made it really interesting and you know what the, the, the last thing is and maybe the most important thing is it's bloody good standard and it's very good to watch at times now it's really like every game in the Premier Division is very watchable the standard of the game between Shells and Shamrock Rovers was sensational at times last Friday like yeah. and anyone who watched that game would have been proud to say that um, they were at that game I, well, it's good I watched I, it it was good yeah. I don't feel like the rise in the League of Ireland has to do with um, Irish fans of English teams getting disillusioned with you don't, state takeovers. You don't think or, so? I, not no, a chance. No, really? not so much not that. But it's like young people have have options now of maybe going to a League of Garden game or or, or being overly invested in an English team. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure they are as much anymore. There's a lot of people. Maybe are, I'm wrong. There's a lot of people now. I find people who are who follow teams over in England who now follow League of Ireland teams as well. And yeah. they, look, you don't have to. They're not mutually exclusive. You can you can support the League of Ireland and still go over to England and yeah. watch Liverpool or Manchester United or Celtic or wh- whoever. Like th- people seem to feel there seems to be this split that's like you have to pick one. You have to pick one. You and can't there, support there Man United and Pats. There isn't really anymore. Like yeah. I don't think like not well. The League, of like Ireland, to think the League of Ireland fans aren't as insecure as they were as well. In that, like um, I, I just think now so many people are going to games. There are people putting stuff on Instagram that I know last Friday at the Bowes game I was like I didn't I can't believe A that you're at League of Ireland game and B that you're promoting the fact you're at League of Ireland game on social media it has because it has cool. become cool do, uh, do you think there is an increase in interest in the League of Ireland oh, would sure. you agree with that yeah, yeah, yeah. and why would you disagree that it is a disillusionment with the yeah, yeah. Uh, the game abroad I just don't, I don't think there's any what, you, what do you think, in other words what do you think the reason is for the increase in interest it is it's it's everyone can see the League of Ireland now it's it's on TV more the attendances are up the ticket I think TV that much no but th- I think that I think it's been as you said Johnny it's been promoted social media is where we're all seeing it like social media it has become the cool thing you're, I'm like I kind of live where I am in Smithfield is probably halfway between Bows and Pats and my housemates are, and, and me are like oh, we have to who are we going to pick do you know but it's like cause you, <laughs> you just got, you go to the nearest team yeah. Uh, yeah. like I obviously can't support Matt Monning and Edit anymore in the League of Ireland unfortunately um, you were a ball boy in Gert Keegan back I was day. back in the day yeah, see, yeah, the, yeah. the next step for the League of Ireland column is the like of Monning United coming back and being given the um, financial incentives from the league which don't exist at the moment to come back because it still makes mm. very little sense for a first division club Kerry are doing an amazing job but the pitfalls are huge we need Monaghan Kilkenny we need teams in Cavan Port Leash Mayo we need teams to make it a genuine national league because it still isn't and I think that's the next step as well as obviously um, facilities 
yeah, we'll hundred uh, percent get to more of that with any person because it's an interesting conversation. Like uh, the the standard is good, Shane. That's the main yeah. thing. If you bring somebody like when I when I was a League of Ireland fan initially. It was it was hard to sell it because if you watch the game on TV, particularly relative to a Premier League game at the time, it was shite. Like let's be honest, it was poor. It was hard to watch. It just isn't now. But All the also, teams are playing football. It's also having names like Damien Duff managing teams. One hundred percent. That's like, another thing. The coaching levels I think are outstanding. Like one hundred percent, really good. And and the other thing, Colin, these these coaches are in Ireland now. They're not in England. The jobs just aren't there in England. They're not even in the. They're not like Stephen Bradley could have gotten the Lincoln job, but other than that, they're not even li- listed in, as as being potential. And now you have Stephen O'Donnell, Stephen Bradley, Damien Duff. Colin Healy um, Rory Higgins Stephen O'Donnell Tim Clancy all these young managers in the League of Ireland yeah, and I do agree with your point that you've made before Johnny where you're saying you know there have to be more teams teams in Mayo teams in Monaghan teams in Tip counties and areas that don't necessarily are, are not represented necessarily by League of Ireland teams and for young kids Shane if yeah you, 100% say if you if, if young Shane Hannan is like if not going to become the next Evan Ferguson, he's the Evan Ferguson of. I tried my of, best. Of, yeah, if you're the Evan Ferguson of County Monaghan, right? You need like you need to go beyond Monaghan Town and say I need to play underage level now. And I think Monaghan Cavan, I think there might be a team up there, but I need a good underage system to bring me to the next level in my locality rather than having to go to Dublin like the old days. Yeah, it's 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 geography, isn't it? Because everyone people were saying to me oh, sure, when Monaghan United finished up, Ah, oh, sure, go and support Dundalk. But I was like, I was like, Dundalk were literally Monaghan's closest rivals. Yeah, yeah. so you can't do that. Yeah, you know, like, and I, and I, but I do watch Dundalk matches now and wish them all the best and, and actually hope that they do well. But it's not like you can move to the near, next. It's not like a, you know, a Bose fan is going to go and support Pats or Rovers if Bose went out of existence. That just that's not the way it works. We we, we were in for time immemorial in this country. We were generally indoctrinated and brought up in the Catholic Church, and we just went to mass and didn't think about it. Right? It's the same with Gaelic games. Right? We're brought up, and this county thing is is completely enshrined in our head. I'm from Galway, and I'm never going to support like Mayo, Sligo, Roscommon. That's fair enough, though. So, and that does seep into like League of Ireland mindset. Then, if you're from, say, if you're from Mayo, it's just hard for Mayo people to support Galway United because they hate Galway in football. So why would I? Yeah. And that's completely natural. It's not natural for you to want to support Dundalk if you used to go to Monaghan United games. Yeah. Sorry, that's not natural at all. They were our rivals. Exactly. I want to support a Monaghan United team back in the League of Ireland. 100%. With Monaghan players. Yeah, and that's the way to look at it. Uh, listen, we'll get back into this with uh, with Vinnie Perth. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.